Welcome to the Pelvic Power Podcast. I'm your host, Penny Peterson. If you live with pelvic pain, you have landed in the exact right space you need to be in. I'm a yoga teacher that helps people get out of their head and into their body through yoga and holistic living so that they can take back their power as well as harness their own inner power to make a change in their life. Here you will learn from myself, other pelvic power experts and advocates on how you can support yourself on your journey and make the journey so much easier. Welcome. Today we have the lovely Michelle from the Happy Pelvis joining us on the podcast. Michelle lives with different pelvic pain conditions and she is the founder of the Happy Pelvis brand. She uses her graphic design background to empower people who live with pelvic pain and also bring awareness to different pelvic pain conditions through her amazing work. In today's episode, we talk about Michelle's journey living with pelvic pain, interstitial cystitis, and endometriosis, the journey towards the Happy Pelvis concept. Two things that you can do to make your journey easier, self-advocacy, and so much more. I'm so excited for you to tune in to this episode. Michelle is a dear friend of mine, and I am so happy to have her on the podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Pelvic Power Podcast. I am so excited that you are here because today we have a very special guest. We got Michelle from the Happy Pelvis here to join us as our first guest. I'm so excited that you are here, Michelle. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to be one of the first guests on your amazing podcast. So thank you for asking me to come on and have a little chit chat, a little one-on-one conversation, like you said, unfiltered uh, and see where it takes us. So thank you. Yeah, we're going all unfiltered today and I love it. So thank you for being here. (laughs) Okay, we're going to dive right in today. So Michelle, tell us, this is me trying to sound like professional. Michelle, tell us about your pelvic pain story, please. And thank you. (laughs) tell us your story everything every little detail I want to know it all I've heard a couple times and I think it's a really interesting story all of the p's and q's okay um so I've like I've said many times uh before I've struggled with uh chronic pelvic pain since childhood um after a tailbone injury uh from a tobogganing incident when I was let's say around eight years old um and then the onset of my period uh probably around 12 13 uh my cycles have been painful and have have always been painful since then and um it's when i began to start having vicious cycles of chronic infections being chronic urinary tract infections and chronic um yeast infections and um, I suffered for so so many years without any concrete answers help uh, um, a diagnosis Um, and it wasn't until my health really declined in 2017 I believe the end of 2017 um, after what I would say (laughs) was a routine UTI, um, which was triggered by intimacy, which isn't, has always been a huge trigger, despite all precautions I take. Um, 
and sorry, at this point with this UTI in 2017, um, I started to get the most debilitating flares. I, I had, I had pelvic pain before, but these were different. These are different. Um, it's like a knife being put up your vagina, your urethra at the same time and like hot acid. Um, and the doctors I saw couldn't pinpoint what was going on because I had a lot of inconclusive tests. Um, blood work was inconclusive. Um, and I just felt incredibly alone um, at that point. That little knife up the vagina sounds like a freaking horrible experience. If you could have seen my face, I was just like, I can understand that you felt alone and yeah, very scared probably. Yeah. And I think I was saying before is I felt very alone and it wasn't until I found an online community uh, through searching Google of like burning vagina, stabbing vagina, um, led me to different forms of individuals talking about them living with the pelvic pain that I was living with. Um, one thing led to another, and um, over the years, um, I would always ask my gynecologist about endometriosis because of my very painful periods um, that would stop me in my tracks and stop me from socializing, going to school, doing anything productive. Um, so uh, because I was able to advocate for myself um, beginning, really advocate for myself beginning in 2018, um, that is when I was uh, able to get referred to the specialists that um, were able to diagnose me. So um, I was diagnosed with bladder pain syndrome, um, as well as endometriosis um, through uh, confirmed pathology through surgery. Um, and then on top of this, uh, I have pelvic floor dysfunction which is a hypertonic pelvic floor, which is something you specialize in helping people uh, live a life with. So um, yeah, I met folks across Canada um, and around the world who were dealing with things like me. And then I met you and you were two hours away from me and not even uh, 45 minutes. What am I talking about two hours? Um, like in the traffic driving to your house that was not a fun drive though but I <laughs> it was difficult for those of you who don't know I live in like a small town I wouldn't say small town like but it's 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 a smaller one and driving to see Michelle who is almost in Toronto like driving to Toronto is just like a nightmare it's hell like flames flames are going everywhere hell. The 401 is probably the worst highway, and that's the highway that Penny had to take yeah. all of the way. It's like known for being a horrible highway. So yeah, that was the way. But going back to you getting a diagnosis. So have you heard of bladder pain syndrome before you got diagnosed? Did you see that in the online community? Like was that something that popped up for you? 
Oh, it did pop up in the online community. However, it wasn't anything that my doctors ever said I could possibly have based on my urinary symptoms and chronic UTI over the years. It was more so, ah, you get chronic urinary tract infections. That's what, nor like that's just a common occurrence in many women, and that's what I would get a lot of. Um, so a lot of this information I I only got after I began to advocate for myself and understand the, these conditions and how they connect with one another because they're they're so related. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So for those of you who don't know, um, because I didn't know about bladder pain syndrome until I first came across you online, what's the difference? Is there a difference between bladder pain syndrome and interstitial cystitis? Look at me saying that word. I'm so myself, <laughs> or is it the same thing? Ah, so uh, that is debatable for many, but yes, the short answer, yes. So um, interstitial cystitis is chronic bladder pain that is, has been present for more than six months. And interstitial cystitis mm-hmm. is more commonly diagnosed when there is Hunter's ulcers seen on the bladder um, of a patient through a cystoscopy, which is where they insert a small um, camera up the urethra to look inside the bladder. Mm-hmm. And um, there are different treatment approaches for people who are struggling with um, Hunter's ulcers. However, that's only 10% of the interstitial cystitis population, the um, the other half is also is called bladder pain syndrome, and that is when they have the identical uh, pain symptoms as somebody that has the ulcers, but their bladder looks perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah, and there can be different root causes to that. Uh, the lining of the bladder could still be irritated, but microscopically because of uh, bladder irritation from uh, chronic infections, um, also cystitis that happens with um, chemotherapy. Um, so there's a lot of trauma that can happen to the bladder, um, as well as um, endometriosis. So endometriosis can affect some of the pelvic nerves Mm -hmm. that innervate the bladder and can create and um yeah recreate or or yeah uh recreate those uh bladder pain symptoms that make you think something's wrong with your bladder because that's where you're feeling the pain coming from but it might be referral from somewhere else so um it is a debilitating chronic pain condition um and it's something that uh tends to coincide with a lot of patients with endometriosis um due to uh, different inflammatory um uh response that happens within that within the pelvis um I am no professional here. I am just a patient. So anybody no, listening. I was just interested. So thank you for sharing that with us. That's amazing. Thank you for that. 
just a little input there on what the difference is because as you started talking about this I was just like wait I want a more deeper explanation so oh. yeah thank you for that I really appreciate that no problem um and uh this month is actually endometriosis awareness month yeah. so yay for all the endo warriors out there spreading awareness uh, yeah. this month and always I know. And we have quite a few listening to the podcast. So go all of you for sharing your story and also sharing, yeah, sharing your story with your family, with your friends and just bringing awareness to the condition. That's amazing. You don't have to do it online. Just talking about it is a great thing. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us, Michelle. And yeah, that sounds really, really hard. The tobogganing story part. It, I don't know how to say tobogganing, tobogganing. The, that part always gets me because whenever I'm outside and I'm like if it's slippery like I'm always worried I'm gonna I'm gonna slip and fall on my tailbone like that's my that's like kind of my fear when I'm walking trail. and have you ever had that experience no. of falling no that's interesting because I do that too but it's because I have that trauma of that incident that I've always been sort of more in tune with guarding myself I guess because I, I don't want that to happen again so it's interesting to hear that you do that too yeah however there are these things um which might you might find helpful they're like um uh, elastics for the bottom of your shoes that have uh sort of like cleats mm -hmm. that dig into the ice so you can put them on any pair of shoes that you wear as long as they're not heels um and when you're walking you feel like you are on top of the world you're not gonna fall like I couldn't believe the amount of uh faith I guess I had in it so um there are tools out there I think that can help us who struggle with like us like guarding ourselves right and guarding our with our pelvic floors because you, you also suffer suffer from a hypertonic yeah pelvis. no definitely and that impacts the pelvis I'm also feeling like you're just so aware of the pelvis and then when you start to be aware of it and then like if it's slippery outside and that pops into my head I'm like okay just try and let that fear go let mm -hmm. it go you're okay let your tailbone release yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm really yeah those little what did you call it little cleats yeah yeah little cleats yeah I don't know what else I would call them but um it's like rubber that you're able to pull to fit, fit over your shoe um they have different sizes and yeah they're I'm gonna look into that. pretty handy for that little input <laughs> no nice. problem so when you first started your pelvic journey and you started digging around in the online community you yourself started your own page, your own business, the Happy Pelvis. How did that come about? So hmm. why did you start it? Okay, good question. Um, so I started it initially as a creative outlet. So I am a graphic designer by trade, I guess you would say. Uh, and coming out of the corporate world um, of a space where I was able to be creative mm -hmm. um, every day. I wanted a space where I was able to be creative, but also share what I was going through. Mm -hmm. Because I noticed that there was sort of a void in people talking about pelvic pain. There were still great accounts that I, I connected with online that were doing it, but it wasn't as many 
in 2018 as there is now in, in 2023 for sure. Um, so that share their own story, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what it started off with is more, sh- more so me sharing my own story, cute quotes. And then as I began to really I love that in 2018, when you had those cute quotes, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Maybe I should bring those back. <laughs> Put them into a reel now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, where was I leaving off? Um, what was I talking about? You were talking about it's starting off sharing about the quotes. Oh yeah, the quotes, and then it's sorry, sorry everyone. So she's um, on medication you're on right now. I'm on gabapentin, so I told Penny before because I have like during the afternoon I take a higher GABA dose because of my pain level so there are some times where things are fuzzy and I drop off and I'm like what was I just talking about so that's okay that we're unfiltered here so just go with the flow <laughs> so I um, yeah so as the account evolved um, I noticed that I began to really find it helpful to educate others and share what I've learned in on my journey so far um, so it sort of evolved into more education and advocacy more than a creative outlet um, in 2018 um, and it's 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 evolved since then like I said um, and I don't know where it's going to go um, but through the different variety of initiatives um, and projects that uh, I'm working on, such as um, I've created a medical planner every year where um, the community can download a PDF document where they can keep track of their medical uh, paperwork and uh, files or information and such. It also is, a plan like a day-to-day planner as well um there's also a free downloadable pelvic pain resource guide Uh, i teamed up with another canadian uh from vancouver bc lealani um and she struggles with pudendal neuralgia as well as other pelvic pain conditions so um we collaborated and have uh put out into the universe a believe it's over 80 pages um it's a jam-packed resource guide that you are a part of and I'm just so happy that you came on board because you put such a valuable resource out there for for everybody who's struggling so thank you I'm definitely going to put that all that in the show notes as well so people can find it awesome because it's a great great resource guide like there's so much information in there and also other accounts that you can follow and support that you need. And I think it's very inclusive as well, because it's not just like you were saying that you live with endometriosis and bladder pain syndrome. It's more for everyone that lives with pelvic pain. It's a great resource guide, definitely. Exactly. We really wanted it to make it inclusive because not just women have pelvic pain, people have pelvic yeah. pain. Yeah, no, exactly. No, so that's a great, great guide. Thanks. So what, would, what would you say you... So you are very much about self-advocating for yourself, how to support yourself. 
what are some tips and tricks that you would recommend people do? Because I see that you post like you're taking your own notes and things like that. And you created this planner and the resource guide. What are some tips and tricks that you would recommend people doing on their own journey to support themselves and to make the journey easier? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, one of my, my quote unquote favorite tips I would, I like to, to share is, that being descriptive about your pain or health condition that you're struggling with in a way that you're telling your physician how it impacts your everyday life and not solely going into the doctor's office and saying, ouch, this hurts and not elaborate an example would be ouch this hurts when i do x y and z when i can't do x y and z i feel defeated i feel like i'm letting down my family tell them your core feelings that come along with that pain because it I know it's very difficult for some people to open up. I, I truly, I do understand that. But sometimes the doctor, physician, practitioner needs to understand and see a little bit more into your life um, to, to take your pain a little bit more seriously. Unfortunately, I know that's terrible to say, but that is one tool that has helped me a little bit is I can't do this. And this is, if I can't do that, then it's affecting X, Y, and Z. Um, and I love yeah. that. That's such a great tool. I haven't even thought about that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's something so simple that we don't really think of because you're you're in the doctor's office. You're anxious to begin with. We've already had terrible experiences. You just want to get out of there, but you also want answers. Like it's a very rigid space to be in and if you just bring it back to connecting how it affects your everyday that I think is is important is an important takeaway definitely oh that's such a great tip thanks for that Michelle I love that is there anything else that you would like recommend that people do when it comes to like their own health journey and how they would support themselves one thing, because I personally struggled with pelvic pain since childhood, um, is making a timeline of sorts. I, I was that crazy patient who brought in a binder of like all of the research I found. This is what I think is happening. Like, this is why my blood work is not showing up, red flags, like, but I'm still in agony. Um, and it wasn't until I showed um, my specialists um, a, a silly diagram because I'm a visual person, I'm a designer. So it helped me break down my pain cycle going through my life. So I started at that tailbone incident because that was the first time I recall my pelvic pain starting, which was and how old were you when that happened? Uh, eight, around eight years old, yeah. give or take. Yeah, and um, 
that was, yeah, so that's when it started. And then from there, I sort of filled in the gaps to the current time. And I started to notice there was a pattern. And by taking that silly diagram and showing my specialist, they were able to connect things, I think, a little bit sooner. And like, by sharing medical history of my mom having lupus and everything, everything was sort of connecting. And uh, anyways, that was uh, another tip or, or tool that has helped me on advocating for myself um, in the doctor's office. No, that's great because that actually happened to me uh, when I moved to Canada. Like I'm from Sweden, then I moved to Australia and then I moved to Canada. And when I came to Canada, <clears throat> I went to see a gynecologist that is a really great gynecologist. And, but he was telling me when I got here, he was almost trying to like take back my lichen sclerosis diagnosis. He's like, oh, you're too young. No, I don't think you have it. And I'm like, dude, I've seen so many gynecologists that says that I have it. And I also had a biopsy that clearly says that I have it. He still didn't want to believe me, but I brought my papers from Sweden and Australia. And then he's like, oh, thanks for doing this because that can help you. Like, right. They will listen to those papers if they won't listen to you. <laughs> it's uh, Which is, it's unfortunate. And I, yeah. uh, I do see their side, but also, yeah. And going back, I totally missed a big gap in my history just because it's so long. I just forget all the little details. But one of the main reasons why we connected is I I don't have a, di a confirmed diagnosis of lichen sclerosis. Um, however, as I was going through my teenage years, I was I think it was 12, 13 at the time and because I was having a yeast infection, UTIs, I was trying to get rid of everything all at once. And then as if many listeners can relate or you can relate, when that happens, your vulva can be very sore, very irritated. And because you don't know what medication's working, it was just a disaster. So my family doctor realized this and finally sent me to a gynecologist at 13 and they looked at my vulva and because they asked about my family history I said my mom has lupus they automatically I believe went to oh this could be lichen sclerosis because I've learned it somewhere in my my education that it's autoimmune so um, you have lichen sclerosis, you have vulvodynia, you have vestibulodynia, um, but we're going to send you to a vulvar specialist um, where you'll do a, and please correct me if I'm wrong because you will know these terms better than I do, a colposcopy? Yes. Colposcopy, yeah. Yeah, so... At that time, didn't know what that was. Okay, great. At least I'll get a diagnosis. They'll point me in the right direction and I'll be good to go, right? I wish it was that easy, but it wasn't. Um, so I went to go see this doctor and I, looking back, I am grateful for them. At the time, I was not as grateful because I was frustrated that walking out of the office, I didn't get any answers. So when they assessed me, 
they believed it was irritate more so irritation from uh, yeast, from creams, from a lot of things happening down there, and that they're like it could be lichen sclerosis, but we don't want to take a biopsy because we have seen an increase in pelvic pain with a biopsy and you're 13 so they didn't want to do that at that time and I was like oh why just do it right but looking back they were probably they were protecting me in some sort of way um so I went home solely used clobetasol is it clobetasol is that the yep um and I used that for a certain amount of time and things started to clear up and um, I was still dealing with UTIs and pelvic pain however the vulvar tearing the pain that you know all too well um, was uh, not as consistent or and it's not there anymore. So going back to the timeline that you're creating I think that's a really great way to like see what's going on with your body like I'm trying to do that and this is like a lot of work for some people and I haven't done in the past week but every single day so like when I start my period day one okay it's my day one how am I feeling do I have what kind of symptoms do I have how is this affecting my pelvic pain what kind of like what working out did I do today like just taking like notes of your physical and also mental state can help tremendously and like see those little teeny tiny dots that are going on in your lives in your life how many lives do you have in your life from day to day you know so the next cycle you're like might starting to see a pattern so it's great to keep those records a timeline for yourself as well to get to know your body better too so I, love mm-hmm. that. I love that and that especially happens with mood I don't know about you but and if the listeners can relate is right before your cycle starts there's a shift that happens and you're you for lack of a better term you hate everything <laughs> everything ticks you off like you get really frustrated you get very overwhelmed and then there's a thing a thing a condition that um I was diagnosed with recently um on my long list of crazy diagnoses but um uh PMDD mm-hmm. which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder I believe yeah. That is really hard to live with, yeah. And you get really dark before, um, and there's different ways to to combat that. Um, I won't get into it right now, but uh, yeah, that's that's a big thing. And then when you yeah. do, you notice. Sorry, going. It was going back to when you were making notes. It's and being like, okay, the first period day of my period how did I feel this and that okay going back three days prior to when it started when did my PMS really start when did those heavy feelings start and as you, you'll start to see a pattern and I think that's what people don't see when they're jumping into it that they'll like oh that they won't actually think that they'll see a pattern but mm. there normally is you especially know. because our body is on a cycle depending and it's so on hard to like remember that as well it's like it's easy to forget like I swear before every menstrual cycle or before every menstrual phase I'm just I call my mom and I'm like in a really dark space and I'm like what am I doing what's going on in life who do I think I am you know just go really really dark and Michelle knows this too because we're sending voice notes to each other like (laughs) what the fuck is this life basically no but 
Um, and then like, she's just like, when's your period coming? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's on its way. So just like, rem- it's hard to remember that when you're sitting in it, just like, okay, just find some ease for yourself. It, it can be really, really hard. It's not fair. Like, I, I don't know. I just get frustrated because I'm like, oh, why do we have to go through all this? You know, know. it's just, it's not fair. But, but here we got are. This. We're trying to make the best out of it. Right. So, yay. That's good. That's good. Okay. So, now I want to hear what are you working on right now in your life? <laughs> like, what is one <laughs> thing that you are working on that will bring you to a better state? To you feeling better? To you, yeah, feeling better? So, I would say um, probably since it's only March, <laughs> so January. Um, is I've been really focusing back on strengthening my body. So my physical therapist is helping me do uh, different uh, movements, different strengthening exercises, but adapted to what my body needs and requires. So I've been really focusing on that and trying to get my glutes because I don't have a butt and my glutes need to function and work uh, to take the load off my pelvic floor and hold my body up. So uh, that's something I'm focusing on right now. Um, It's hard though, um, just because my pelvic floor likes to get spicy, but um, it's a work in progress and I'm slowly noticing that momentum um, yeah that's good I love that because I feel like we often forget so much about strength training and it's like like coming from being a dancer and stuff like that like I've always been very very active and also living with pelvic pain it's hard to be active but like taking those small steps for your body that is so good and it's so important especially as you're getting older because like we're we're losing like that muscle strength every single day so that's great. And I think you should give yourself some credit for that. So thank you. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be big movement, no. right? And just getting your your body movement moving and like that movement is sort of your body's like lubrication. It mm-hmm. It's what your body needs. And um, I just, I see it in individuals as they age and the people that I see age uh, they might not be the healthiest, they might have conditions, but the, if they stop moving, there's always seems to be a decline. But if every day they do a little bit and they stick to a routine, it's good for the mind, it's good for the soul, it's good for the body. So yeah. um, that's what I keep trying to share with my parents and everybody as they're getting older, it's important to move and like, your mom, by the way, I love following her on Instagram. Like she, she loves movement and that's great. And I can just see like you and your mom and it's just, it's beautiful. Um, That's going to make her so happy. And also I do want to say that like with working out and like talking about my mom now as well, because when you like, when you're working out, people think that going to a group fitness class, like for example, I went to a bar class yesterday And I'm like, I've struggled with working out because of my pelvic floor pain. But I'm like, take your time, take your time. If you need to stop for a moment and just like 
we focus on the breath, we connect with your pelvic floor. Are you holding on constantly? Can you let that go? And just take your time. Or maybe you want to find a little deep squat in between your sets and just breathe into your pelvis. Just things like that. Because my mom been saying that. She's like, oh, I'm like, I'm doing like happy baby and child's pose. And those are things that she's doing every morning. And she feels so much better in her body and pelvis too. So just oh, like, I love that. Yeah. You're like continuing the movement and then supporting your body in ways that like, I mean, if you're hanging out on like gym TikTok or gym Instagram, like people are just like, oh, work those glutes, work those glutes. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not there. Like we're taking our time. We're breathing. We're relaxing the pelvic floor in between our sets, you know? Exactly. It's that it's being more mindful of that movement, um, which I was never before. I was all Same. wrapped up in anticipation and I'm gonna grow my six pack. That's my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Um, another thing, um, I have thought about when you were asking that question, um, like figuring out what's not working in my life. Like, am I not getting enough sleep? Should I be going to sleep a little bit earlier? Um, really focusing on myself and I know it's easier said than done, especially especially for any parents who might be listening um, because there's different priorities. And um, uh, I'm sure you know with your granddaughters too when you're with them, like it's oh my, my God, your goddaughters, not, not your granddaughters. <laughs> I'm not that old. I don't have any kids. But yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And I know that my bestie's listening right now. Hello, hello. And she can definitely re relate to this. So yeah. Hi. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's another thing that I would say I, I've been working on um, is just trying to make a little bit better choices. And it doesn't mean like drastically changing my life right now, um, but it's just making smarter choices. Yeah, go Michelle. That's fantastic. I'm so happy. Okay, <laughs> a little fire question for you here, a little quick question. Okay. So if there's one thing, that this community, that our listeners can do today, today for their pelvic pain to support themselves, what would that be? It could be something, the first thing, they might just eat cucumber, I don't know, drink more water, whatever, <laughs> whatever that may be. What's one thing that they can do to support themselves today? Hmm. The first thing that came to my mind was happy baby, is getting into well a modified happy baby it doesn't even have to be full happy baby just pull those knees to your chest and deep breathing mm -hmm. um, you don't realize how much you're holding your breath throughout the day mm -hmm. and by just doing that simple posture so even just laying on your bed doesn't even have to be the floor just no, do it before you go to out, sleep watching yeah yeah, that's what I do all the time. That's Dylan. He's always like, I'm so normal to him now that I'm in like a weird position. Yeah, like couch. a little bit of quad stretch there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's great. Yeah, that's that's great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I love that. Okay. So how can, how can people support you and the happy pelvis? Where can mm. they find you? How can they support you? Um, you can find me at the dot happy dot pelvis on Instagram. 
That's where I spend most of my time. Um, you can also find uh, the Happy Pelvis podcast. Mm -hmm. um, that is somewhat new. I still think it's in its um, infant phases right now where I've been interviewing uh, some pelvic health practitioners within um, Ontario, uh, which has been incredible to get that information out there to patients. Um, you can also uh, download the pelvic pain resource guide that I spoke about earlier that Penny can link to. Yeah, um, all of this in the show notes because we want to support you, all the work that you're doing. It means tremendous. Thank you. Know, it means a lot to us. I don't know where I was going with that sentence. It means so much to us for the work that you do. And like just being on the forefront, like I remember when we were connecting online and I was like, this, this, this lady, this lady seems so cool. <laughs> lady. such a great person for this community. Oh, you're so, so yeah. sweet. That's what I thought about you too. I was like, That's oh my God. Do. I just, I loved your energy right off the bat. And you're just such, such a light in the community. So thanks for all that you do too. Oh, hello to you. <laughs> um but yeah so instagram do you have an email where people can reach you as well um yep you can reach me at michelle at the happy great great beautiful you have a little link to all of that in the show notes and is there anything that you would like to share with the community with the listeners before we jump off anything? um pelvic pain's not normal no it can be common and it is common. It's just, unfortunately, it's it's not normal. And there's help out there and there's support. And um, I just want every, all the listeners to know that they deserve the support and care um, in order to get them to a better quality of life. Definitely. I love that. That was like a PS. Pelvic pain is not normal. I don't even know what PS stands for. Do you know what PS stands for? Uh, post something. I don't know. Post subscription. I don't know. I'm gonna have to Google. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. <laughs> this is. Just no, a, I just. It's postscript. Yeah. Postscript. Post okay. Great. So, P.S. <laughs> pelvic pain is not normal. That's great. Well, thank you for that, Michelle. And it's been so lovely having you on the podcast. Thank you for taking this time to chat with us today. And we will probably see you back on the podcast. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so much to talk about. Like, I just, that was the tip of the iceberg today. We can talk more about endometriosis and pelvic nerves. Like, that's yeah. my, that's my jam right now. <laughs> so many things to talk about. Well, thank you so much. And have a lovely day. You too. Thanks for having me.